Welcome to GMI Connect. This podcast is under the helm of Apostle Dr. Glenn England and Prophetess Karen England, founders of Joshua Ministries International, a place where God's presence is evident. Don't forget to subscribe for more uplifting, thought-provoking, and insightful messages. Be blessed. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord God, to minister to your people, Lord God. We thank you for the pouring of your grace upon us this morning, Lord God. It is not by might nor by power, Lord God, but it is by your Holy Spirit, Lord God, that we are here, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that our minds will be transformed, Lord God. Today, Lord God, as you utter your words, Lord God, Father God, we pray that even now, Lord God, that you would open up our spirit, oh God, to hear you, oh God, so that, Father God, our lives can be transformed, oh God. For, Father God, it is through the word that we are transformed, oh God. So we thank you for transformation power, Lord God. We thank you that, Lord God, we will not be the same, Lord God, as when we enter into today, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for blessing us indeed, oh God. We thank you, Lord God, for covering us indeed, oh God. We thank you that everything that the enemy, Lord God, tried against us last week, Lord God, it did not prevail, oh God. And we are here standing because, Lord God, of your grace, Lord God, because of the outpouring of your love, oh God. So we acknowledge you, Lord God. God. We acknowledge your rulership. We acknowledge your leadership, Lord God. We acknowledge your promise, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You can have your seat, saints of God. Hallelujah. Since we set you up. You guys listen to the words of that song? We set you up. to go deeper than your feet can ever wander it means you're going to have to depend on God the first time I heard that song I ain't going to tell you no lie I was in the States my cousin was playing it for me we was, we was on a long journey from um, one path of Florida to the next path and that was the first time he's seen me since I got saved so I think he thought that he couldn't play no other type of music, so he went to the Christian music, and that was one of the songs that he chose to play. And when I sat in the car and I listened to the song, I said, boy, are you crazy? You hear what it is that she's asking God to do? You know the trouble that's going to come because of what she's asking God to do? She's asking God to take her to a place where she cannot stand up. A place where she has no familiarity. A place where she's going to totally have to rely on God. And I was afraid since. I was terrified because you hear Apostle talk about the struggles. You hear Apostle talk about the things that we went through. Well, Apostle was believing in God when we was going through those things. I wasn't. So the hardship, it hit me a different kind of way. And all he kept saying to us is that God's going to bring us through. This is just his way of showing us, showing and proving us. And all, all the life of ours was afraid because we're being cut. Our, 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 our electricities, our utilities were being cut off. And I thought to myself, I can't go through this again. Like what was the purpose of going to school and studying and getting an education and getting this and getting that F? At some point when you decide to trust God, He will just take away all of those things. I didn't realize the message that the lady was saying. She said that I will depend on you. 
It doesn't matter what I have to lose, I will depend on you. It doesn't matter what gets stripped from me, I will depend on you. Because if I depend on you, that means you are with me. And since the God are telling you we've been missing the map because we haven't realized that God is with us. We do all kind of things and we, we, we fall into all kind of moods and we, and we, we, we try all kind of uh, uh, things to get certain things because we ain't realizing that God is with us. We even have the audacity to say, welcome Holy Ghost. As if the Holy Ghost ain't inside of us, living with us all the time. You don't need to welcome him, you need to acknowledge that he is here. And when I finally caught it, I said, snap. This is the prayer. This is the revelation. I need God. I need to trust in Him. I need to hold on to Him. I need to depend on Him. I need Him to lead me. I need Him to guide me. I need Him to be the one that is my Savior. So the topic of my message this morning is, Today, I declare my dependence day. Not independence, my dependence day. Today is when I tell you that you have to declare that this is the day moving forward. You are going to depend on God. I'm not here to marry you to our method. I'm not here to tell you about a secret and special way to doing this. Ten ways to doing this. Um, five steps to doing this. How to do this and how to get this. I'm here to tell you that the secret and the truth to this Christianity and to thriving as a Christian is going to be to depend on God. Forget everything else. Forget all what you think you, you, you can do because as soon as you get saved, you start to look at the things that you can do. Forget all of that. Put aside all of that. Trust me. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is transformation day today. We're going to declare our dependence on God. And I'm going to prove it. I'm going to prove it. You see, growing up, I remember I used to like the beach. Father, not so much. So we used to get in a lot of trouble every time it was beach night. My Auntie Jasmine and my Auntie Dawn, they used to love the water too, and so they used to want to carry us beach all the time. But Daddy would say, No, you can't go. But my cousin, Jeran, dear nephew, he would get to go. So Jeran could swim, but I couldn't swim. And every time we would eventually get to go to the beach, I would only stay in the shore. And Sherman would be going far out in the water, swimming left, right, up and down, like he's a, like he's a dolphin. And me, just in the shore, banging the water. And that's all I could do, bang the water. I got so comfortable banging the water that I started to enjoy it. And I tell myself I had a good time at the beach. But I couldn't swim, I couldn't go. Because in order to learn to swim, you have to go beyond where you can stand. You can't learn to swim if you, all you're trying to do is swim in shore because our mind is trained for survival mode. And as soon as you feel like you're going to fall down, your foot going to go down. And you're going to stand up. They say you can't bite yourself and cut yourself because you will not willingly and intentionally do yourself no harm. And for me, to, it took me until I was 18 years old to learn to swim. Surrounded by water. Because somebody from my father died from drowning and that traumatized him. 
and he restricted us from going to the beach. Because he didn't trust God with us. And when I learned to swim for myself, I was like, I could go all these things, I could go all these way. I could enjoy the beach so much more now. Because now I could float, I could do the backstroke, I could do all kinds of things. I could go on the water, I could dive, I could do all kinds of things. And guess what? When it gets to deep, I know how to swim to take care of myself. See, that's the part that we miss. We miss understanding that there's levels to it. And, it, and when you get to a place that you have to trust God, that God is going to make a way so that you could get taken care of. And one of the greatest tricks that the enemy has been doing over the years is convincing us that we don't need to trust God. We don't need to depend on God. We could do it ourselves. We can be our own caretaker. In Genesis chapter 3, We see the first signs of this. I'm going to read from verse 1 in the NLT. The serpent, the shrewdest of all wild animals the Lord God had made, one day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat of it, even touch it, or you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that, it, that, that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw the tree was beautiful, and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it, could, it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave it to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. At that, the, at that moment, their eyes were open, and then suddenly they felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Satan deceived Eve and man because he told them that God wasn't dependable. That God was withholding from them. A lot of people think that God created the earth in six days. On the seventh day, he rests. And then on the eighth day, Eve and Adam sinned. I don't believe that. I believe for generations and eons, they was in the garden, living and enjoying life. They was doing all the things that, that was, was good to life. I don't think that it happened suddenly. I think that it was a progression of things they were doing. And maybe Eve got bored. And so when the Satan starts speaking to her, all of a sudden she started to ponder on what he was saying. I think just like in life where you get taught certain things because of experiences. I think over the years being in the garden, Eve had certain experiences. And she learned how to govern herself and she learned um, if you plant this crop, it might grow in six months, it might grow in three months. If you do this, you're going to grow here, you're going to grow there. And I think she's felt comfortable saying, 
to govern myself. I know what I'm doing. So when Satan told her that, look, if you eat of this food, you will not die. Not only will you not die, but you will have information that you never had before. And Eve's self-ambition caused her to eat of the food. You see, that's one of the things that stop us from being dependent on our, our ambitions. A lot of us have ambitions to do all types of things and different things and, and things that not necessarily are bad. Some of them are good, but the problem is, is that we're not bringing them to God. We're not waiting for God. We're not allowing God to be the one to show us, yes, you have this, this is what you need, but I can show you how to get there through this road. I can show you how to get there doing it this way. Oh no, you only short-sighted. You're seeing that you're going to take this today, but I'm seeing that in three years, this is going to be bad for you. But Eve couldn't see that. And the Bible said that she behold the tree and she saw the tree was beautiful. And the, and the fruit was desirous. I mean, you in the garden all these years, you ain't recognize the tree beautiful? You ain't recognize that the fruit desirous? No. It's because no, it was speaking to her self-ambition. It was speaking to something in her that was telling her, I need this. I need this so I could be independent. I need this so I can walk my own way. I need this so I can do my own thing. Many of us, we like to do our own thing. Sometimes nothing wrong with doing your own thing. You ain't want to wait for nobody. Man, man waiting for nobody. Not a soul can tell me what to do. Nobody gonna tell me I can't do this. That's why me go down me and I work hard for my own money because I want when I want to spend this and I want when I want to buy that, I could do it. No man gonna tell me what to do. So Eve ate the food. She didn't ask God. God. Here is what Satan said. Here's what the serpent said. I know what you said, but this is what the serpent said. God, I'm feeling confused now. Because part of me is saying that he might be right. But I know what you said, God. So there's confusion in me now, Lord. How do I deal with this confusion? No. Eve jumped at the opportunity to eat the fruit. And after she ate it, she gave it to her husband. And Adam, knowing that God said not to eat the food, knowing that God was the one that was providing for them all the time, Adam ate the food too. Because another thing that we don't want to lose is what we have. We're so scared to lose what we have because we don't understand that God is a provider and to depend on God to provide huh, it might take some things from us it might require from us some struggles our comfort level might get disrupted God I want to excel here God I want this increase in repair God said yeah I might God take this job from you because it's holding you back. Okay, well, no. Maybe I don't want to increase God because I'm comfortable here. I like the fact that I could go in for 10 when I walk in for 8. 
I like the fact that uh, I, 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 I got people underneath me and I can control them and I can take My boss and me that get along good. And so me want to go out there because out there is unknown God. You ain't see what going on. Corona that mess up the players. And if you, if I go out there, man, if this gonna sustain and man, if this gonna thing and man, if this gonna thing, not realizing that God was the one that posted the job in the first place. Not realizing it was God's grace. If Adam had only recognized that all he had was because of God, he could have stopped everything. The Bible never told us that Adam asked God for Eve. The Bible said that God said, it is not good for man to be, al be alone. And God made him a helper. Before Adam even had the thought to recognize that this, I am lonely. God said, listen to me. I am going to provide for you a helpmeet. I am going to provide for you somebody that could assist you along the way. I'm going to provide for you somebody that will keep you from being lonely. I'm going to provide somebody for somebody that you could love on and that's going to love you and that's going to care for you. He provided it before Adam even knew he had the need. Why? Because God was graceful. Because God was loving. Because God takes care of his people. But Adam didn't see that. Adam thought I had to hold on to what I have because when a man leaves his mother and father and clings to his wife so already he a clinging Lord and even though she going wrong and I know she wrong you can tell her that she wrong I'm going to join her because I'm afraid to lose what you give me well if I gave it to you can I take care of it? if God give you the job can he take care of you, take care of you through it? If he give you the marriage, can he take care of you through it? If he give you the finances, can he take care of you through it? If he give you the son, can he take care of him for you? The thing about this is that we got to ask ourselves, what am I withholding from God? What part of me am I withholding from God? Abraham was a barren man for many years. And God promised him, he said, I'm going to give you a son. Not only am I going to give you a son, but this son is going to have, he's going to give you sons for generation. And in them, I'm going to establish my promise. And God said to Abraham, Abraham, when he given him this son, take your son, your only son, build an altar and sacrifice him for me. The Bible said that Abraham got up the next day and started making preparation to go to the mountain to sacrifice Isaac. When he got to a certain place, he left his servants behind. You see, when you're depending on God, sometimes you gotta leave some people behind. Because they can't go with you, they're gonna disrupt you. They're gonna try to convince you not to do this thing. They're gonna tell you how this is crazy. What you're thinking about doing is crazy. It's never been done before. Think about what God He gave you. Why, why would God now tell you to kill the thing that He gave you? So Abraham had to leave them behind. He had the foresight. I believe the spirit of God that was in Abraham told him, Abraham, keep those away. As he went further and Isaac saw the mountain, he said, Father, you know, I realize something. You got the wood. You got the thing to make the fire. But me seeing the sacrifice. Now, if that was me, 
because I think he was around 12 years old, I, I read. And I was going up in the mountain with Glenn. And he telling me we're going up there to make sacrifice. And all of a sudden he left the people behind. And he carried me up in the mountain. And then I is the one who wearing all the things on my back. And he was tracking me up in the mountain. And then I realized we'll be getting to the top. You ain't telling me to put the bow and arrow and shoot no sheep yet. You ain't telling me what we're going to kill yet. And you carry me up to the top? Me? I run in. Because I know I might have do something for the whole week here where Glenn might have been thinking I'm going to punish him now. And because he ain't tell my mother he going with me and he leave the people, then he going to kill me. So I don't know what type of time Isaac was on. But I know for me, <laughs> we won't get so far. But Isaac, just his father. And he went with him. Because Abraham told him, the Lord would provide for himself a sacrifice. See, that needs to be our response. When certain situations happen, it's not, why me? And I can't believe this happening again. Or I can't believe this happening. It's, it's the Lord will provide for him a sacrifice. I could trust him because the Lord will provide for him a sacrifice. I, 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 I could give because the Lord will provide for him a sacrifice. I, 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 I could go through it with my marriage. I don't have to. I don't have to fight for divorce because the Lord will provide for him a sacrifice. I, I, I don't have to stay up all night worrying what's going on with the kids because the Lord will provide for him a sacrifice. Abraham was convinced. That even if I kill my son, God would raise him from the dead. Because God is dependable and faithful to his promises. You see, it's how we respond to things is going to determine how soon we move from this place of the valley to the mountaintop. Abraham responded in a way that tell God, listen, I trust you. I trust you. It's not about me. It's about my trust in you, God. It's not about me confident in what I could do. Me confident in my skill. Me confident in my work. I trust you. Because you gave him to me. So you can take care of him for me. You see, a lot of us, we might be skilled. We might, we might have talent and we feel like, oh, this is what I deserve. Says of God, as a believer, you should never want what you deserve. Never want what you deserve. If you get what you deserve, you're always going to get less than what God got for you. I remember when I at my job, uh, I would see these people coming in and they would be getting these ridiculous checks. Some checks was, was my annual salary that was making them in like two months. And I was like, God, all this hard work I doing you're telling me me is the only person in here that believe in you and me ain't walking home with none of this you're telling me I did I choose the wrong position God was I in my flesh Lord forgive me please take it away take it away Lord forgive me I started to pray Lord whatever sin I do 
Remove it, Lord, so that you could, you could bless me like this. I said, Lord, I want a promotion, Lord. Give me a promotion. Give me a promotion. And I remember he asked me one question. He said, what are you going to do with it? And I paused. And I paused 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 and me had no reply. Because everything I needed at the time, he made a way for me. There was no lack. I couldn't find something that could justify me wanting a promotion other than me looking at somebody else's promotion and saying to myself, I need one too. Because I realized that money wasn't the answer. It was God's grace was the answer for me. It was the fact that I, would, I, I, I could trust and I could depend on him to, to, to supply all my needs. And every time I had a need, he showed up with it. He showed up for it. Sometimes I would be telling somebody come to the office. Man, me and I are telling you all of this for you. But if you just do this, do this, do this, do this, this, you're going to get this, 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 and that. Man, man, away, I'm telling you this for you. I should really share this here. This is, this is confidential information here. But let me tell you, this person got this, 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 and I got it for this, 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 and that, and that. And I would always get, I was always getting through with less than what I had to, I had to, I had to provide. Because God kept making a way of escape for us. But I was concerned with, I was caught up with the look, the look. Oh, you look like you're making a lot of money. Oh, you, 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 your paycheck say you're making a lot of money. But, but, but what is it really providing for you? If you get this big paycheck, you still don't trust me? You still don't depend on me? You still don't think I'm your provider? You still don't be so humble? You still don't be willing to listen to what people say? You still don't be willing to serve? Or is it gonna talk? Who do you think you're talking to? They know who I me? You better ask somebody. You know how much money I make? I can pay everything in here. But God was saying that it wasn't necessary. And I remember when it was time for promotion, I said, God, I don't want what I deserve. I just want you to be graceful to me. And when I got my promotion, they doubled how much I was making. Matter of fact, they more than doubled. I got more than 100% on my returns. Why? Because I stopped focusing on me and I started to trust God. Then it came, it came time now to give and I said, God, if you've been so graceful to me, how would I turn around and give you that 10% of this? What am I saying? In the back of my voice, the back of my head, they say, well, that's what God asked for. That's what the Lord said must give. You have to give 10. I said, no, something wrong with this. I went to Apostle, I said, Apostle, something wrong with this. He'll tell you. Many times we had this battle, I said, oh, there's something wrong with this thing. There's no way I could justify being a tither. That, that, that's all I get to say, I did. a tither. The audacity of me to think that God will, will, will restrict himself or limit himself to just me saying that he's a title. I said, no, you got to be deeper than this. I said, first of all, Jesus died to remove the punishment from the law. So I'm no longer under a curse. 
second, if he tried to remove it, and he said that if you, <laughs> see this is the thing that the church don't realize. The Bible said that those who live by the law will be subjected to all of them. So I had to ask myself this question now. What have I been subjecting myself to by trying to keep this one commandment? What have I subjected myself to? Because I'm trying to be a tired, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to follow the, the commandments. What, what am I subjecting myself to? Where, what have I restricted God from doing? The Bible said that those who fall back into the law and into performance fall away from His grace. So are you, you mean to tell me that all this time I was falling away from a grace, wondering why certain things are happening to me in life, and I realizing that I was invoking commandments that He told me not to keep? And ain't nothing wrong with giving ten, you know. There's absolutely nothing wrong with giving ten percent. Nothing at all. You know why? Because it's a choice. But if you if you if you read Genesis chapter fourteen, I think it is with with Abraham. Matter of fact, let me, let's, let's go to Abraham, um, Genesis chapter 14 and from 17. After Abraham returned from the victory of Kedolorma, all and all his allies, the king of Sodom, went out to meet him in the valley of Shiva, that is the king's valley. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, and priest of God Most High, brought Abraham some bread and wine. Melchizedek blessed Abraham with this blessing. Blessed be Abraham by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who defeated your enemies for you. Pause. If you read right up to that point, Abraham was fed and he was blessed with the word before he even offered us. And he was reminded that the reason you are, you are, you are victorious is because God himself fought your battle for you. We think that the seed is what's going to use to fight our battle. We thought that tithing was our way to fight the battle. We didn't understand that we're supposed to be given as a response because God has already given us the victory. Abraham recognized that I am not the one responsible for taking care of myself. I am not responsible for this victory. It was God who was responsible for this victory. And because God was responsible for this victory, he said to this man who pronounced it over him, here, take 10% of everything that I recovered. Abraham made the choice. Nobody, nobody forced him. Paul caught on and Paul said, hey, don't you dare give out of out of condemnation, out of fear, but give cheerfully because you understand this revelation. You understood the revelation of our forefather Abraham that God loved a cheerful giving. See, it means that God loves somebody who walks around <laughs> happy to give. <laughs> Praise the Lord. No, it means that God loves somebody who understands. <laughs> I can do nothing without you. This money here, it means nothing if it's not about you. All the work I toil for all the week and thinking, well, this is the money I make. This don't mean nothing without you. See, I understand that. That's why even when I was overseas with my daughter and, and we was going through um, and the, the medical thing with her, I was still giving every time. You know why? Because I understood that this means nothing without God. 
And I remember he had this one time, this one particular time. We needed the money to pay for our bill. And, uh, and, and I, was, I couldn't wait to get paid because I was like, man, I'm going to have to not pay this month's mortgage to have the money to pay for the bill if I choose not to give. Because I had already stopped the tithing thing long time. So I said to my, I said to my wife, Isha, this is the bill. This is what we have. What are we going to do? She says to me, we're going to still give we off her in. I said, yeah, we're going to still give we off her in. Because she caught the revelation too. It's not about us withholding from God. It's about us proving God. So, we, when, when I got paid, we gave the offering. First thing we did, I take it and I send it, um, um, what do you call it? The bank thing, more banking. I was so grateful for the, for the more banking because I said to myself, if I had this money, the devil might have been able to tempt me a little longer. But because I had more banking, I just zoop, straight to jail, man. And when I send it to JMI, I get a call right after. A friend called me. He said, Gee, boy, you won't believe you. The man them put on a, a, a bake sale for your daughter you know, because the, I tell the man them what going on with her. And the man them they say, Boy, we can't allow you to go through this by yourself. You know. We got to figure out a way to send an offering for you. My mother was there. They handed her the money. They handed her trouble and what I needed to pay the bill. Because I believed independent on God. I didn't withhold my finances. I said, God, I got to trust you. I got to trust you. I got to trust you with my finances. I got to trust you with my daughter's health. I got to trust you with my, with my marriage. I got to trust you with my bills. I got to trust you with my affairs back home. I got to trust you with everything. You see, some of us think, oh, we're going to just come to church and we're going to just believe God when we want healing. But nothing else. I could take care of everything else, God. Heal me, and then let me do everything else. And God saying, no. Me just want to be a healer. I want to show you that as a provider. I want to show you as a deliverer. I want to show you that as the one that makes a way. I want to show you I could promote you. I want to show you that I could give you increase. I want to show you I could give you wisdom. I want to show you that I could give you every, everything you need is wrapped up in me. But we're comfortable. We're comfortable just trusting God being we comfortable just saying to God, uh, I got it from here, Pops. Pops, I got it from here. You could, you, yeah, you could, you, you could help me with the kids. Help me with them bad kids there. Let, 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 let them get saved, Pops. But in terms of how I raise them and how I treat them in, being, in raising them, that's all me. Many, many, you help for that God. Many, many, many need you to show me how to, how to be a little bit calmer, how to articulate myself differently. Many, many need you help for that God. I just want you to, to, to save them, but may want you to help me raise them. And that's not going to work with God. I want you to give me the wife, but may want you to teach me how to be a husband. May want you to teach me how to be a man. May want you to teach me how to be responsible. Let me, let me manage my own affairs, God. But just help me get shorty. You know, you know, she look pretty and I, and, and I need her. But in terms of when I get her, what I'm gonna do with her? Me, 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 me need you for that. 
And that's crazy to me because I married now 10 years and I know if it's one person you need to be married, it's Jesus. See, me, 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 phony, me, and make it seem like everything is all good and everything is all dandy and everything is all happy. No, no, sometimes you need Jesus. You need Jesus to help you. You need Jesus to help you to control your tongue. You need Jesus to help you to, to not say certain things. You need Jesus to help you to guide you. You need Jesus to help you just to get up and, and to deal with them sometimes when they're nagging you, when they're frustrating you. Lord, I need Jesus. Lord, I need your help. Tell me how to say, how to say this thing when they're withholding from you. Lord, 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 just help. Help, Lord. Just help me. Help, help me, please. Lord, help me. Please. Be real. You need Jesus. Before I talk to Chikish, I talk to God. I say, God, this is what I need, you know. You got to talk to she because you don't know. Maybe it's our things, Lord, so help me to say better up or better yet just point in her spirit for me please you just be the one to drop it in her spirit lord let her come and tell me this let it be her idea i got those conversations with god because if, if it's up to me we would be divorced because I want to say it a certain way I want to do it a certain way I want to respond a certain way and Keisha is not about that life but the two of us have this one thing in common we're going to depend on God and you can't get away in life if you choose not to depend on God when we got to a sick we had to leave immediately because if we don't leave the pressure in the air is going to get so bad that she can't fly so we had to pack up and leave and I remember when I heard the news all I heard was New York now if you know anything about me New York is a place I hate it's the last place I would want to be I just don't like it the people up there are a little aggressive they're, they're a little um the, 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 the place got his moxy smell to it. It, 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 it it's, it's, it's fast you got you got always be watching around left right and center you can't you can't really stop because everybody angry I don't like it there's a lot of con men in here everybody on the hustle and I was like New York and I came up with my mother and my father and I told them what the doctor said and I said all I hear God says no I don't know how we could do anything because me and I not born here me and nobody we could stay within here and my father said let me call this person and he called this person and the person said yeah come send them right now I said I need time I need time to put my fears in order I need time to do this I need time to do that Two days later, I had to carry back my daughter to the doctor. When I carry back the doctor, say, you're still here? I told you she got to go, no. I said, Lord, I don't have time. The lady called me, home my father called. She called me, she said, Glenville, I told your father to let you come now. So we gone there. Pack up and we just gone. 
And when we reached to New York, it wasn't it wasn't as I thought it would be. And God opened doors, left, right, left, right, left, right. I went into this hospital, Kings County Hospital. That's one of the biggest trauma centers in Brooklyn. And when they examined an amazing eye, they're asking me all kinds of questions and they're asking me all kinds of things and they're telling them, listen, I don't know. All, all I could tell you is that this happened. This is what we did after. I don't know what this means. I don't know what that means. I don't know what this means. The lady said, let me call my, let me call my manager. Now, this is the chief ophthalmologist for the entire hospital. He's the chief surgeon. He came and he examined my daughter's eye. He said, young man, come with me. He went into, he took me into his office and the guy put on a piece of balling in there. He said, this should have never happened to your daughter. And I ended up trying not to cry because I didn't want, I tried to be strong. I tried to, I tried to hold it in and he's there crying away. It's like he was crying for me. And I told him, the only thing that I've been doing, I've been trusting God. And he said, young man, I'm going to get you the help. He said, the only thing right now is that the person that's a pediatric ophthalmologist, she just had a baby and she's on leave. He said, but don't worry. He said, if worse come to the case, I myself will perform this surgery for you. But you need a doctor that's a child doctor, somebody that understands children's eyes, who have years of experience in dealing with that. Because all eyes ain't the same. So he he called the lady and he asked her, what would you do? She said to him, this doctor that I'm going to give to you, she is the only person I would allow to touch my child if not me. This lady that he gave to us was the chief of the whole thing in New York. And she said, just come. We had no papers. We had no insurance, nothing. And we finally got to meet the lady. Her secretary is telling me. The lady told me I had to go to the secretary and just book the appointment. The secretary is telling me I don't have the money to cover it. The insurance that I have will not cover it. She's saying the lady can't tell you come back in the appointment because of me. I said, well, call the lady. The lady came out and she said, what's the problem? A white lady too. She said, what's the problem? He said, the insurance that he has won't cover it. I didn't tell you anything about insurance. I told you to put the appointment. I will cover it. This is the doctor. Don't know me from Adam. Never seen me before in her life. And she's covering our bill. When you look now, they wanted to make a special ointment for amazing. They said, have a seat. You know, you're going to be here for a while because the insurance don't usually cover this thing. In five minutes, the assurance approved the medication we was out of here they're looking at me like what, what, what's so special about you I said Jesus I depend on Jesus to the point where I didn't even need to set appointments anymore I just show up and when I show up it don't matter what's going on the doctor said yeah oh amazing let her go in there it didn't matter 
because God's grace was sufficient for all we need. And after I went, me and the woman had it all because I was thinking to myself, Lord, she keeping me back here forever, 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 forever. I want to go home, I'm comfortable here, I'm like here. The place is cold. It's so cold that you feel hot. I need to go back home, I need to be in my own bed, I need to be in my own house. And the lady was like, well, young man, I can't tell you when the surgery can come, but we gained here, we gained here. That's all she tell me. We, we gained here, we gained here. And I remember like, God, one more, one more. And all he would say to me is, my grace is sufficient for all your needs. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. And I said, God, you know what? Do what you want. I depend on you. And it seems like when I uttered the words and when I actually meant it, when I went back to the doctor, she said, you guys ready to go back home? I think you should go back home now. You, 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 your daughter going to be our way. You should, you should go back home now. We, she needs to go back to school. Let's, let's, let's see how she do in six months. Go back in six months. Go home. What I was withholding from God was my trust in his ability to do it. I wanted them to perform a surgery because I think that was the quick fix. But God was trying to show me I could be a supernatural healer and I could take care of you while you're going through this journey. But you're going to depend on me. See, when you're declaring your dependence, you have to understand that the ship, it might sink. But no lives will be lost. And that, and that is a scripture that he gave me with, 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 with um, Apostle Paul. I remember I shared with him, I said, I had this dream. Everything was going wrong. But the Lord told me that it's going to be fine. And when I get up, the scripture was right deal. And I said, God, tell me the ship going to sink. <laughs> but no life going to be lost. I said, Keisha, the ship will sink. <laughs> I said, we are going to hit rock bottom. And guess what? Rock bottom came. And you know, I had in rock bottom, I had peace. I had joy in rock bottom. I was happy in rock bottom. Because I knew that if I had, I was at rock bottom, that the promise that no life would be lost was coming next. Because he is dependable and he is faithful. You see, we keep looking at the circumstances and we keep thinking about what we would lose. But we understand that there is something to gain on the other side of it. Since I came home, I didn't have a debt to pay. No debt to pay. And I was outside in a foreign land for six months. And then leave America with a debt to pay either. May I have no government help me? None of that. God said, common folks to help me. Because he is a, a way maker. He is a provider. So people who think that, oh, we ain't gonna give no more because uh, um, ain't no more need to tithe and ain't, ain't no more this and because ain't no punishment, we ain't gonna do this here. No. You think that, but you not giving Joshua Ministries gonna fall apart? Hell no. God is a provider. God is a way maker. When you ain't give somebody, else gonna come from a foreign land and bring and give because what? God needs, needs to be taken care of. You will just miss the opportunity to say, yeah, I was a part of it and this is why I'm gonna get returned through. That's all. You 
you could be stubborn and, and, and stingy all your life. But when other people start to get blessed, let's don't, don't be vexed. Don't be vexed and grudge them. Don't take this and oh, what makes she gain it? She gain it because she depends on God. She trusts God. She said that this money, this thing, I will not withhold it from God. So I gonna give because I depend on God. I trust God. I know that God is faithful to his promises. I know that God is a keeper. God is a way maker. You don't trouble me at all to give no. Why? Because I've seen it for myself. I've proven him time and time again. So you think anything could tie me up? You will never get to say you made Abel Glenville rich. I said like Abraham, nobody gonna get credit for making me rich. The credit gonna belong to Jesus. That gonna be my testimony. My testimony gonna be, I don't know how, all I know is that he did it. He did it. So much of us want our testimony to be how we fast and we pray and we labor for long hours and we do all these kind of things and I follow this 10 step and I went to this seminar and this man prophesied this and so this and over me. We understand that we just need God. One word from God. One word from God to change everything. See, we didn't realize that this Bible is a canonized version of people's relationship with God. Paul wrote about his relationship with God. Moses wrote about his relationship with God. David wrote about his relationship with God. They talk about the word that God gave them. What word is God giving you? Have you spent enough time with him so that he could actually give you the word? Or are you separated from him so you can't even realize when he's speaking to you? Because you don't spend time in his words, so you don't even know how we song. See, we teach all kind of things, but these are the things that we need to focus on. How does God song? How do I get to hear him? And and the thing about it is that God is going to accomplish what he wants to accomplish, you know. It might take some time, but God can accomplish it. God needed me to show, needed me to know that he's dependable. So guess what he do? He allowed something that nobody could help me in saying it's with to happen so that I have to go to a place where I don't know nobody there, so I have to depend on him. So don't even get mad when things start to happen to you and wonder, oh, why apostle ain't coming by me? Oh, why sister ain't coming by me? Oh, why this person ain't coming by me? No, God removing them. God blotting out this one from them so they can't see you. He don't want nobody to get his glory. Apostle, don't come and say, he had to lay hands on you. No, God wants it. Listen, I did it by myself. All by myself. I didn't need apostle help for this one. Yes, apostle help will be good for sometimes, but this one right here, this one will carry you years from now. This one here, you're going to be able to testify about this years from now, but know that this is all you need. Of us, we put in pressure on, on, on pastors and all kinds of things. One of them jump through, one of them come by the house three o'clock and four o'clock in the morning because we 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 we, we troubled and we disturb and we sleep because we ain't got a relationship with Christ. And because we ain't got a relationship with Christ, we ain't realize that all is is Father. You, use all I need. Despite all these circumstances, despite everything that I see right now, God, you, you capable, you faithful. I trust you. Simple words, I trust you. God, I trust you. Anybody here trust God? 
Anybody here trust God? Anybody here trust God? Father, you hear your people. They've said they've trust you, God. So, Lord God, I put back to them, Lord God, what they put forth to you, Lord God. Father God, you will. You said in your word that you will not lose any one of us that, that, that you have, Lord God. The enemy can snatch none of us from your hands, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that your word did not fall upon deaf ears. I thank you, Lord God, that your word will not fall to the ground. I thank you that the soil, Lord God, of your hearts are not stony, Lord God. I thank that the sun is not, Lord God, not a heart, not a heart to dry up, mighty God, this word, this seed that has been implanted into their hearts, oh God. Father God, I thank you that transformation will take place in their lives, Lord God. Everything that they have withhold from you, Lord God, they are giving it over to you, Lord God, from whence come if they help, because they know that they help come from you. I thank you, Lord God, that, mighty God, you are about to do something miraculous in their lives, oh God. I thank you that as you carry them to the journey, Lord God, for this thing that you are doing in their life, Lord God, that they will not be discouraged, Lord God. That their minds, Lord God, will not lead them astray, oh God. That the enemy, Lord God, will not prevail against them, Lord God. I rebuke the devourer right now. I rebuke the devourer right now. I rebuke the devourer right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that every weapon formed against them will not prosper, Lord God. I thank you that everything that the enemy designed for evil, everything that he intended for, their, for with bad intentions, Lord God, you have turned it around for their good, oh God, in Jesus' name. I thank you that they will see the goodness in this land. I thank you, Lord God, that your, your borders would increase. I thank you that their, your territories will be enlarged, Father God. I thank you, Lord God, that you will bless them indeed. Our Lord God, I thank you that your grace, grace upon grace is re released upon them, Lord God. Peace upon peace is released upon them, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that the Holy Spirit within them, Lord God, will not be quieted or quenched. But Father God, I thank you that they will submit themselves, Lord God, so that they can hear you clearly. Connect with us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at JMISKB for information on upcoming events, services, inspirational quotes and scriptures. Thank you for listening to JMI Connect, where we are believing, confessing, and living by the word of God.